Welcome aboard! We will be your guides during this magical journey into the movies. It's the perfect job for us because we love the movies. It's showtime! Ready when you are, CB! Action! Welcome to a surprise episode of Monorail Radio. I'm speechless. <laughs> no one is more surprised than us. Nobody is more surprised than us. We thought we were going to be sitting here with a nice cocktail watching Swiss Family Robinson, and instead here we are in the studios to, to discuss with you the last four hours that we all endured. Disney Investor Day, December 2020. Like, a business meeting should not be this exciting. <laughs> it's true. That I mean, that's really all this is for. And, uh, like, I, I think, you know, you had mentioned earlier, b- off air, that you think part of the reason why this was so action-packed is because of a lack of D23 Expo next year. And if I'm honest, I think you're onto something there. Because a lot of people on social media, myself included, said that this was almost better than one of the big streams that you'd get from D23. I think it's a little bit of that. And I also think it's Disney's way of answering to what's going on with the parks right now. Because there was a lot announced for Disney 50 that, of course, we know is is not going to be able to happen by next year. And with all these cast member layoffs, you know, they had to do something. And I think it just kind of, you know, it's a commentary on what's going on right now. And I feel like as a business, this is where they're going to choose to spend the money because realistically, those parks are not going to be at full capacity anytime soon. I mean, at the time of this recording, Disneyland is still not open. Yeah. And they're projecting it may not open until June, but you can at least go into production and put things on a streaming service that people are utilizing every single day. Exactly. And I think that, you know, and I I don't necessarily disagree with this. I think they feel it's safer to have a smaller group together, even though these are big blockbuster films and it's going to be a large production crew. That's sort of safer than getting the parks to full capacity. Now, with that in mind, is that fair to pump all this money into the studios when how many people have been laid off not necessarily but i mean we've said it before on this on this podcast that this is how you save this company this is what yes. stops it from going under and they're going to raise the price in the US by a dollar let's a not forget dollar. about that a whole dollar but for what we're getting though uh, that's the come thing on. like for for to, i'll give you the 12 dollars for next year right now i'll pay it up front that's how much they announced. So, and honestly, the dollar is not that much. I figured no. between the pandemic and the effects that it caused on, on the parks, plus with all of the new content, I, I thought they might go like another $5, which I'm hesitant to even say out loud because I don't want them to get any fancy ideas. Don't worry, it'll happen. But anyway... Um, we were trying to keep up with this as best we could on social media. I was working for like the first two hours of this presentation. I have to say you were very calm. I was not distracted at all. My thumbs hurt. (laughs) Sean was keeping up with the Twitter. And then when I was done working, I tagged it on Instagram and, and then we just gave up because it was too much. I'm like the lady in happy Gilmore. My fingers hurt. (laughs) Well, now your back's going to hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. 
That's how I feel right now. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think here's the thing. We kind of just said, let's go on and discuss this here because it's just too much. So <laughs> we're going to sort of just hit on the highlights. Right. Because a lot also got announced that we have no information on. I mean, some yeah. things that we've been waiting to hear about got dates. Some got casting announcements that we've been waiting for. Other things they just threw out at us, and they're going to make us wait for yeah. a very long time. Some some of them, it's like, here's a logo for something that we're going to do eventually. So, I mean, there's only so much that you can discuss with, uh, I think, some of those properties. But I, I think... We start. Let's start with Nat Geo. Here's the. I we have to work our way up to Marvel. Marvel's going to close this show because this is that's Marvel closed this four hour presentation for a reason. So we have to. I think we got to work our way up to that. I, I don't hate on Nat Geo. It's Nat not, Geo's paying the bills right now. Yeah, but it's, I'm not hating on Nat Geo. But comparatively, Nat Geo has the least to announce. Like I'm. I'm thinking here. I think we have to go Nat Geo, Pixar. Then I'm going to jump to Star Wars. Then I want to go to Disney and then Marvel. Just looking at how everything lays out with what got announced and the amount of stuff that they plan on doing. I think we kind of just build up to it. That's okay. probably the best way. Okay. All right. You fly the plane. All right. So with Nat Geo, it's funny you say fly the plane because that's exactly where I wanted to start with a series called America the Beautiful, which... They So what they did was they took advantage of the fact that so many of these state parks have not been open due to the pandemic. And they're basically, it's like Soren if it was a television show. I mean, yes, I'm sure that they do have cameras on the ground. And, and this is the thing with this presentation. I'm sure there is so much more to it than they led on to, but they led with their greatest hits. Like... For America the Beautiful, they put a camera and they took a camera and they mounted it onto a fighter jet that can travel at like the speed of sound. And that's what they're using to film these parks. That sounds very cool. You want to talk about flying the plane. That I didn't get to see. And I, I wish I would have seen a little preview for that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Then they have a real Bugs Life. Love the title of it. Where they basically... They said that they, they took a camera and made it just about as small as you possibly could to give you these up-close and personal shots and angles of bugs in their natural habitat. And they said that they're ranging from, like, underground Manhattan, which, believe me, you don't need a camera that small, um, and, like, out into the Amazon. Like, they are, like... They're holding nothing back when it comes to this show. So, like, if Scott Lang had a camera. Yes. That's pretty cool, too. Um, And the thing that I'm really looking forward to is Welcome to Earth, which is a title that I love because Will Smith stars in this show. You've seen these shows on Nat Geo before where you take, like, an Anthony Bourdain or a Gordon Ramsay or a Jeff Goldblum and you sort of just put them in the real world and they explore these scenarios. Well, they do that with Will Smith. So Fantastic. Welcome to Earth, for those of you who remember the film, 
uh, Independence Day is what Will Smith says when he punches an alien in the face. So I love the fact that they called it Welcome to Earth. I do believe that had to be a nod to Independence Day. Oh, for sure. But, like, they put him in a submarine. Like, he's in these scenarios that he's only ever been in in a film, and <laughs> they've kind of put him into these situations in real life. But I'm I'm really excited that you're getting more with Will Smith because I feel like... He has such a future with Disney. I think that what we saw in Aladdin, I think, is just a little bit of what we're going to see with him. I think that this is a great leaping off point for him because as much as I like him as an actor, I like him even more as a personality. I think this is going to suit him really well. He's also great with short form content. Like if you look at his social media, he does a lot. Of quick stuff, and he's very active on his own. I don't think that he has people doing it for him. Um, and Jada as well; she does a lot of those roundtables. Uh, so I think this is a very natural fit for him. Yeah. So those were a few of the highlights for Nat Geo. Do you have anything else on Nat Geo, or you want to jump over to Pixar? Let's jump over to All Pixar. Right, so we're gonna go to Pixar. So Pixar, th- this gets really interesting because they announced some films which we have release dates for, and then they announced some television shows, which are in development. They've got a little bit of them done, but we don't yet have release dates yet. They did announce that they're doing a Cars series for Disney+, Plus, which I think makes sense because that property, that franchise, is just worth so much, but I don't think you can do another movie. Right, and and I'm glad. Like, that's where... Disney is very smart most of the time. Just go out on top. Don't overdo it. Looking at you, Toy Story 4. I'm glad that Cars is not going down that road. Pun not intended, but we're going to roll with it. Um, It would just be too much. They have three. They did the planes, which didn't do so great. Right. But at the same time, this is an entire section of a park dedicated to cars so clearly people love cars and they want more of it yeah i think and i think there's just a lot of storytelling you can do there well i mean they're cars you know they're gonna go on adventures so there's a million things that you can do there's a million places you can go but that's where it's very smart instead of trying to string it out and force it force a road trip into a a a car's movie this is perfect A surprise for me because it's not a film that you think could be spun off into a animated series is up. And now you have Doug Days. Instead of Dog Days, you have Doug Days. So this basically follows Doug living with Carl. And they're smart about how they're doing it because they're tackling what is kind of like real life situations for dogs. They're introducing new puppies. How does a dog react? Fireworks. How does a dog react? Squirrels. How does a dog react? I'm just excited to be getting more Doug in any form. But I thought this was kind of a surprise for me. I get where they want to do more from Up because people love it so much. But I'm surprised they didn't do more of an adventure series with it. Because I feel like that was such the takeaway. Yes and no. I mean, I mean, Carl, he can't really do any more adventures. I feel like that what up was his adventure. I think if you were 
if you tried to stretch it into an animated series, I don't think it would work. Right, but I'm talking about Russell. Like, wouldn't you think they'd do a whole series of him going out on more adventures, collecting more badges? Yeah, um, they could have done that, but they've obviously they focused on doing it with Doug. Uh, I I think I'd I'd watch a Doug show before I watch a Russell show personally. I'm certainly not going to argue on a dog-based show. Here's a show I think everybody can relate to. Win or lose. This was a concept that two of the animators at Pixar had when they would compare notes after story meetings, where one felt the meeting went great and the other thought it was a disaster. And they took that, because this is the brilliance of Pixar. It's a very simple concept that happens to regular people every day. And they said, you know what? We could turn this into an entire series. It's brilliant. And I am so mad I didn't think of it. Yeah. Because that's like every day. Yeah. That wraps up the series. I mean, at least the highlighted series that Pixar is doing for Disney+. Plus. Let's talk about some of the films they have coming. Now, not everything is going to Disney+. Plus. Some of these things are getting theatrical releases. Um, for example, Turning Red. This is about a 13-year-old girl. It's a coming-of-age movie, but when her emotions get the best of her, she turns into a red panda. I don't know why. If I'm being honest, I don't even think the red panda looks like a red panda. It looks more like a fox. Yeah. But as far as being relatable, speaking as someone who was once a 13-year-old girl, when your hormones are out of control and you're, you, you have difficulty expressing your emotions you do feel like a giant panda so i totally get that i think it's a great idea and i i think it's you know i I don't want to compare because i don't know too much about it but i kind of like that it's like the female kid version of the hulk so -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how she does keep her emotions in check yeah and this is a perfect example of something where you got a graphic You got a screenshot, and you got the explanation that I just gave you, and that's it. Other than that, we know that we have a release date, at least for now, because some of these release dates are going to get pushed. I'm sure of it, because release dates always seem to get pushed. Um, March 11th, 2022. June 17th of 2022. This, for me at least, was the most exciting Pixar announcement. Hands down. Lightyear. As they said... Buzz Lightyear is a toy based on a hero from a blockbuster film. And they said it is time to finally tell that story. Now, because they are telling the story of the film that the toy is based off of, technically speaking, this is a prequel. Which I think you can use to justify what is a very hot take. I'm not going to speculate as to why, but Buzz Lightyear has been recast. We no longer have Tim Allen. And at first, I wasn't sure how to feel about that. Then they immediately announced, though, because they had to put out the fire right away, Chris Evans has been cast to play the young Buzz Lightyear. Okay, now you got me... Now you've got me excited. I'm not 100% on board because I love Tim Allen 
And to me, the only person that voices Buzz Lightyear is Tim Allen. But I'm going to give this movie a shot. I think it's smart that they're doing it. I'd rather see this than another Toy Story movie. I wish they had gone straight for this instead of the debacle that is Toy Story 4. I would have rather seen Buzz's early years versus what ended up happening. Um, yeah, I the way you set that up is perfect because you're right. That's a That's a big recasting. And they knew people were going to be upset about it. But I think that you, you know, you had that bullet in your chamber of Chris Evans. And you know that people, especially Disney people, love him. So they're not going to get that upset over it. Without knowing too much of the concept, though, we know it's the movie that the toy is based off of. So I can sort of live in this world if we're seeing the movie and this is the buzz on screen and that's why it's a different actor versus he's, I don't think Chris Evans is playing our buzz in because we're, think about it this way. Tim Allen is Andy's buzz. He's in Andy's room. So if we're talking about big screen buzz, it can be two different people. Yes, it can be. And maybe maybe Tim Allen does get a cameo. Maybe he goes and he sees, you know, like they did in the in Toy Story, the original, when he sees the commercial, when Buzz has that huge realization. Maybe we get a little cameo, even if it's an after the credit scene, and he goes and he watches the movie, and we see how he reacts to it. Yeah. I could live with that. It's going to be interesting how they handle it, but those were the big announcements for Pixar. Um you know what we're going to do? After we go... Oh, yeah. All right. I'm doing this on the fly. After we wrap everything up, maybe we go, like, group by group to say what it is that we're the most excited about from Nat Geo, from Pixar, from Disney, from Star Wars, from Marvel, and then we pick, like, the one thing. I'm down with that. Okay. All right. So let's move on to Star Wars. Because even though I think Star Wars is probably... Other than Marvel, these were the bigger announcements. There's just more that got announced for Disney than there was for Star Wars. We know that uh, Disney is doing the Obi-Wan Kenobi series straight to Disney+. Plus. Right. They had announced that at last year's D23. Yes. What they announced today, which a lot of people were excited for, myself included, is that they did get Hayden Christensen back to play Darth Vader. I'm actually pretty happy about that because I think people were always happy with him. They just didn't like how how the story unfolded and and the turn it took by the second and third film in his trilogy. So I'm kind of excited. I, I think he's going to get a little bit of a redemption. Yeah, because I don't blame Hayden Christensen for those movies. Right. Um, I do think that the person to blame for those movies was George Lucas. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to see the two of them back together. Um, he and Ewan McGregor. And as you said, I think he's going to get a redemption that I'm very much looking forward to as well. No, and I would much rather see this as a series than I would another movie and God forbid another trilogy. Well, there will be more Star Wars films. We'll get there in a minute because they did talk about some of those as well. But sticking with 
series. Um, I'm going to jump here um, because it's so relevant right now. Everybody was so excited to see Rosario Dawson make her appearance on The Mandalorian. Now, based on that one episode, and I am they had to have had this in the coming down the pike, and they just knew that it was going to be uh, a huge success. They announced Ahsoka is getting her own show, and Rangers of the New Republic is getting a show. That's the title of the show. Each of them going to Disney+, Plus. each of them being produced by Jon Favreau. And in the Mando timeline. In the Mando timeline. Um, how, how, how long after Ahsoka Tano made her uh, debut on Disney Plus until the ink was dried on that contract? Yeah, really. This was not a surprise, but I'm happy about it nonetheless. I mean, Rosario Dawson is so talented and she's had a lot of great roles, but... I feel like she's finally getting her due with this one yeah. because she was so great as the character. I feel like people who have followed Star Wars for a long time love Ahsoka. So this was like the perfect marriage, the perfect timing. I think the way that I mean, there might not be the the child memes like we have now, but I think this series is going to hit just as hard as the Mandalorian. Yeah, I think you're right. We've also got The Bad Batch, which is an animated show that is a sequel or a or a, a, uh, a continuation, I believe, of The Clone Wars, which we haven't watched, but it has a very, very dedicated fan base. It's actually one of the few animated films that even as an adult, I think, or animated shows, I should say, that I think I could really get into. Um but, I mean, just reading the tea leaves on social media, people went crazy when they announced that this was getting a show. I didn't get to see that announcement because I was still working. But one of the bigger announcements that even you couldn't keep quiet for, and this is when I started paying attention, was when they finally announced the Lando series. Yeah, I, and I, this is one of those things where with Lando, you didn't get much more than a graphic. But the graphic is so good because just looking at the graphic and looking at the way that Lando was played in Solo, it just makes so much sense. They just play off of each other in that really beautiful 1970 sort of way. They also announced The Acolyte, which is some sort of thriller series. Some of these they really didn't give you any information on. I've said that once and I'll say it again. You really didn't get much about them. Same thing goes for a droid story. You don't get a lot in that announcement other than C-3PO and R2-D2 are getting their own show. And is that live action or is that animated? I didn't even, I didn't see this and you can't even tell. So they didn't say, but the, I mean, I don't even know that they're necessarily screen grabs from the show. They could have been from one of the earlier films. Sure. But my my understanding, based on what they showed us, was that it's live action. But I could be wrong about that. It, that could be a short series, for all we know. I, and I could see them doing something like that, which would be kind of fun. Yeah. One thing that is definitely animated is Visions, which is slated for a 2021 release. And I think this is going to be huge. Because these are short stories, 
in the Star Wars universe, and it's anime. Now, I don't care for anime. I don't get it. Um, but I know that there is a huge audience that loves it. They're obsessed with it. And a lot of those, a lot of the people in that target demographic do bleed over into Star Wars. So I would imagine that this is going to be a huge success for the franchise. No, and I think that that's such a credit to Disney, too, because I feel like Star Wars, not that it was ever an underground thing, but it was nerd culture, right? And then it became nerd chic. And then once Disney purchased the right, you know, the purists were very upset about that. But I think that there was also an excitement that this was going mainstream. So I kind of feel that this is a great blend as well, because anime is something that has a big cult following. And now you can bring these two worlds together and it's going to be great. And, and, you know, the fans that maybe don't necessarily feel that there are others like them that are into this kind of thing. It's going to be great to see it on either the big screen on Disney plus and, and just have it more readily available to them. Yes. 2022, we get a couple of other um, releases. One of them is star Wars. Cause I should say there's two things in here that are not star Wars, but they're Lucasfilm. So actually, I'm going to hold those. One of them I'm going to mention right now is Andor. Andor, which is a continuation of sorts of Rogue One. Diego Luna is in it. His character is back. Obviously, it doesn't take place after Rogue One because they all died at the end of Rogue One. Um, But this is a spy series. And I am so excited because I loved Rogue One. I love Diego Luna. And I am so excited to get more of his character because I felt that that was probably... Of all of the quote-unquote new Star Wars movies, that was probably the second best one, uh, Rogue One this is. So I think to get more of these characters and more of this story is something I am so excited for. I am here for this. I absolutely love Rogue One. Um, So to live in that world a little bit longer, definitely. Now, we know, I think they said Taika, Taika Waititi is going to handle the next phase of Star Wars on the silver screen. However, they haven't given a date as to when those are going to be released. But in 2023, we know for certain we are getting a Star Wars movie. I think they said that is the next theatrical release. And it is Rogue Squadron, which is my understanding. The way that they kind of set it up, it's about X-Wing fighters. I kind of get the feeling it's like Star Wars meets Top Gun. And it's the same director from Wonder Woman taking this and running with it. That is very exciting. Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins. And I think that if this is anything like Wonder Woman, you're in for a real treat. Because I thought Wonder Woman was one of the best superhero films of the last five or ten years. Hands down. And I think that it's one of the stronger DC movies that we've seen in a very long time. Yeah, not to disrespect Marvel, Wonder Woman is amazing. And, you know, you say it's going to be like Top Gun. What Wonder Woman does so well is that 
it captures the eras as she's jumping through time. I, I think Patty Jenkins handles that so beautifully. Uh, so if this is that Top Gun nod to the 80s, I think it's going to be great. Jumping over to just generic Lucasfilm, 2022, straight to Disney+. Plus. We get Willow. We get a continuation of Willow. And Warwick Davis is back. This is not a movie I have seen in a very, very long time. But I can tell you right now, I am all about revisiting it. I know this isn't coming for another two years, but you've got me excited for Willow. But even more so than Willow, Indy 5 is coming. They're going to start shooting it next year. Um... And it is the final film. They got Harrison Ford back. Kathleen Kennedy confirmed this is the last one. And I wonder what that means for the stunt show spectacular. I feel like I say this all of the time. But that show at studios has been rumored as going away for so long and so long and so long. But now Disney owns the IP. Now Disney is making another film. I think this is the last Indiana Jones film with Harrison Ford. I don't think this is the last we've seen of Indiana Jones. I kind of hope it is. Not that I'm sick of it, but that was such an iconic role. Just let Harrison Ford have it. Or or if you're going to remake it, just let it breathe, let it go, and, and do it decades after Harrison Ford's time. Just let him have it. Listen, I have been pounding the table for years. I have said that Bradley Cooper would be a great Indiana Jones. I'm going on record and I'm saying it again. You have said that many a time. I don't think that you've ever said it on the show, but you're not wrong about that. I would love to see him in the role. I agree. Don't rush into it. This is so like Indiana Jones is something I can see going to Disney Plus as a series because I think that that character is a character that you could put on television and just give him like smaller adventures that he can go on. Right. And this is where it's like I was talking about before. You have to know when to stop. Well, if you look at some of these titles, (laughs) they don't. (laughs) But I think that there's, I think there's a future here for Indiana Jones. That's my point. Okay. I think there's a future for anything on Disney+. Plus. Yes, so let's talk about some of the other things that are coming either to Disney+, Plus or to the theaters. Now I want to move to Disney proper, okay? They announced a lot. And a lot of this is stuff that's just really in concept, and you don't have a lot to go off of right now, but I feel like there's a lot to talk about. Quickly... They did announce um, a series of films based on a true story um, surrounding a few very notable names in the NBA. Uh, Giannis, the Greek freak, he plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. I watch basketball and I cannot pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to try. Chris Paul Paul and Keenan Lowe. They're doing, some say based on a true story, some say biopic. I don't really know because... they just didn't really give you a lot to go on, but apparently their stories are that interesting. Admittedly, I don't know much about them, but their stories are interesting enough where they felt that it was um, these were three individuals you could make films about. And I think that it says a lot about the way that Disney is approaching the NBA specifically, 
because we had been saying when they put the NBA experience at Disney Springs, we said this was something that failed at Universal. So why would Disney take out Disney Quest to put this failed entity in? It has not been met with good reviews. A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people won't be going back for more. But I think because they have so much money tied in with national broadcasts that they are really putting a focus on the NBA. But I actually think this is very smart because I think this is where you can really start to bleed over between Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. Yeah, I think, I mean, for as much as Disney Plus offers, ESPN has kind of been hanging in the balance. It's not like Disney to just sort of leave something hanging like that. So I think you're right. And I think this is the perfect blend and it's on brand for Disney. It's a focus on storytelling. I would really love to see more like this if they're going to do biopics. I mean, for something for something like Howard, it's such a great documentary, but he had such an interesting story. I would love to see that as a narrative play out. Yeah, and this is where they've chosen to focus their efforts, and I think it's a good idea. Absolutely. Some of these other things, are they good ideas? And... You don't know how to let titles die. Um, We're getting a Lion King prequel? Like a live-action Lion King prequel? I love you, Favreau, but no. It's not Favreau. Oh, They brought somebody else in to do it. Well, I mean, really, though, the guys between Mandalorian and everything else he's got going on, he's spread a little thin at Disney. Yeah, admittedly, I think that this is completely unnecessary. Um, I think of all the things on this list, actually, this is the one thing I'm looking forward to the least. And watch, it'll end up being the best thing that they do. But this is the one thing I'm looking forward to the least. I think this is getting beaten to death now. Yeah, I mean, they they had the animated Lion King one and a half, and it didn't do so great. So why are we trying it with a live action? And they which was still very not controversial, but it was very polarizing. Yes, well, all of these live action remakes have been. But the thing about Lion King is that they said it's a live action, and then they did everything CGI except for the opening shot. So do you really constitute that as a live action? Right. That's the million-dollar question, or the billion-dollar question. That thing made a lot of money. So did Beauty and the Beast, which is by far the worst of the live-action remakes, but you're getting prequels there with um, with Gaston and um, with LeFou. And they did get Luke Evans and Josh Gad back with music from Alan Menken. So I actually am excited to see this i'm here for it you know this is going to probably be better than beauty and the beast was probably we were i mean we've said it before we haven't reviewed either beauty and the beast live action or the the original animated one but we've not hidden our feelings about how we felt about the live action um but i mean josh gad is typically my favorite part of anything that he's in so i can definitely get on board with this all right, let's see. What else do we have? Okay, we, here, here's three movies that we got graphics for and concepts for and nothing else. Sister Act 3. You got Tyler Perry. You got Whoopi Goldberg back. This isn't a surprise. They've been talking about a Sister Act 3 for 25 years. I'm happy to see it wasn't recast because I don't think anybody could do this other than Whoopi Goldberg. Um, I don't know. 
I mean, I feel like that is such a 90s movie, but they waited long enough where they could put the modern twist on it. And, you know, hopefully they took their time and they developed a good story. So I, I, I'm actually interested to see what they do with it. I'm interested. I'm, Tyler Perry's very funny. So I, I think you put him in control here, and I think that you have the opportunity to do a really strong third film. When in reality, if, if I told you Sister Act 3 was coming, I think most people would be like, ugh, we don't need another one. The same way you were kind of just like Indiana Jones 5, ugh, don't really need it. But I think with the right people behind it, they can be good films. And I think that this has the potential to be really good. And when you look at the comparables, it's not like Sister Act was one of a kind and we haven't seen anything like it. You've had Step Up and you've had Pitch Perfect. So clearly people do like those you know, underdog the performance stories. Yeah. yeah. Um, something, okay, unpopular opinion. A sequel that could not possibly be worse than its original. Go home, you're drunk, and I'm ready to run amok. I'm so excited. Hocus Pocus 2. Finally! I'm astonished that this took this long. I have to be honest with you. This was teetering into Ghostbusters 3 territory with how long it took because it's been rumored for so long and it's I don't think it's that the cast didn't want to do it. No, they very much did. Especially because this year the three of them got together for charity in character. So it, it, it's like what gives? The wait for Ghostbusters 3 has been longer and has been made longer because of COVID. That was supposed to come out this year, and now I suffer until next year waiting for my Ghostbusters 3. But I've waited this long. I can wait a little bit longer. I'm sorry, listeners. I I did that to you. No, but it's, it's <laughs> a fair comparison, up. though, because that's a movie that basically from the time the second Ghostbusters film came out, Dan Aykroyd wrote a third movie, and it just went into development hell. And then they developed hell with the 2016 movie. So... This is this movie very much has been in production hell because they've been talking about it for so very long. I mean, forget the fact that the original bombed. It made so much money in home video release and has made so much money and has such a following in syndication to the point that you gave the Sanderson sisters a show at the not-so-scary Halloween party. That should have been the tell that this movie was coming. And I really am surprised that they did not develop this as a launch title for Disney+. Plus, Or if not a launch title, something that would have come out its first Halloween, since it did launch two weeks after Halloween. Right, because you were just shy of October. So, yeah, I, I can understand where they didn't want to do a November release with Hocus Pocus, but this would have been a good Disney Plus title, I think. Um, especially because we've waited so long. But actually, to circle back to Ghostbusters, there is a lesson in there. And we're sitting here talking about all these sequels being pumped out and, and having too much of a good thing. In the case of Ghostbusters, it was so in demand. And then one of the cast members passed away in the time it took you to figure this out because Bill Murray didn't want to okay the script. Right. So let this be a lesson. You know, if they're going to sing again, I'm not saying that, She's going to die, God forbid, but Bette Midler's voice is not going to last forever either. So I'm happy that they're doing it now and, and that we're finally getting another one after they've talked about it for so long. Do I think it could live on its own without a sequel? 
yes, I think Hocus Pocus is fine the way that it is, but I love the Sanderson sisters so much. I don't care. And it's it's not going to be that far-fetched to get somebody to find the book and light the candle. Right. That can go on forever. Speaking of singing, speaking of you wait too long, when's it coming, when's it coming? I am so excited to finally get a sequel to Enchanted. Disenchanted is the name of the film that is going to go right to Disney+. Plus. We basically got a picture of, uh, of Amy Adams from the first film, and that's it, and a graphic that just says Disenchanted. It's in development, it's coming, and I am so excited. I am too, and I hope Idina's in it. Moving on to a couple of things that are coming out that we did get trailers for. They don't have release dates yet, but we did get trailers, both sports-related. The first is a television show called Big Shot. This stars John Stamos as an NCAA basketball coach who loses his job and has to take a job as a girls' basketball coach at a private high school. This has a lot of potential. I, I'm a sucker as a sports fan for these redemption types of stories. And I can tell you right now how it's going to end. He'll lead them to some great state championship and some D1 college will be like, let's give you another chance. And he'll be like, no, I got everything I need right here. <laughs> That's how this is going to end. And I know it already and I'm still excited to see it. I'm happy to see John Stamos in anything, especially because Fuller House had a great run, but that's that has since ended. Um, I'm surprised they went with this title, though, because when I think Big Shot, I think of the ESPN 30 for 30. With, with Spano. With Spano. The other John. Yes. Not the good one. Uh, and the story of the, the Islanders owner. Who had no money and bought a team. Which, if you if you're looking for a good documentary that sounds like a fiction look no further now that 30 for 30 big shot that should be that should be a movie absolutely um speaking of hockey mighty ducks game changers got a trailer for that and um it pains me to say the best looking thing about this trailer are the modernized Ducks jerseys, and that's about it. And Lauren Graham. Lovely woman. But the Ducks now play the role that the Hawks played. And I'm not about it. I'm just not about it. Let me ask you something, though. Do you think that that's the team that Bombay is going to coach and maybe there's a chance that we get an awesome cameo and one of the kids comes back as the rival coach and and then they get to do the Ducks? I don't... Because if it's Charlie Conway, I will live in this world. It. I don't know. I ju- all I do know is that I don't like this role reversal. I don't like the fact that the Ducks are the bad guys now. No, I don't either, but I'm saying could you live with it if the Ducks were coached by one of the former Ducks? If they're villains, they'd be coached by Adam Banks. I don't I don't Ouch. see Ouch. 
Oh, he was a wuss. He was, and he was the. I'm sorry, but he was a he was a hot shot. You know, Charlie Banks was not the best player on the team, but he had the most heart. If he was a coach, they'd still be good. Adam Banks skates over the blue line and through the neutral zone <laughs> with his head down, and that's why he gets hurt. And they're clean hits. Hockey fans know what I'm talking about. I'm gonna give it a chance. Listen, I'm I'm not gonna sit. I'm not one of these people that's just going to not watch something because it has a bad trailer. I saw the 2016 Ghostbusters. I've I saw Beauty and the Beast. I saw so many things that I said mm, this okay. The, the trailer sucks, but maybe it's just a bad trailer. It ends up being a bad movie. All right, I'm gonna give it a chance. But I of all of the things on this list, because it's one of the things I was looking forward to the most. That was my biggest letdown of the day. Right, because for the nostalgia factor alone, yeah, you should be a lot more excited about it. All right, we got to get off this subject, um, or I'm going to sit here all night. Um, so, something that Disney did mention um, was how they were going to still respect theatrical releases. Mm-hmm. And how they were still going to push for theatrical releases. And I want you guys to keep that in mind as we go through this list a little bit here. I'm going to cycle back around to that specifically in a minute. But moving in order of release dates. Next year, February 19th, we get Flora and Ulysses. Uh, That's going to Disney+. Plus. That is about a cynical young comic book fan and her super-powered squirrel sidekick. Um, I'm not personally a fan of squirrels, but this is, you know, like I said before, comic books, that was sort of a subculture. Now it's gone mainstream. So I, I love, especially that it is a girl. I love that there's a character like this that little girls can look up to. And I think Allison Hannigan's in the show too. So anytime you can get her into anything... We're all about it because we loved her in How I Met Your Mother. She's the best. And the the fact that she was kind of able to break out of that, um, break out of being typecast. Because coming out of American Pie, her and Sean William Scott are the two that you figured would be typecast. Unfortunately, Sean William Scott was. I think he's better than that. But he kind of did fall into that trap. She didn't, though. No, not at all. Um, and she's so funny, so I'm glad that she got something here. Now let's remember what I just talked about with Disney wanting to recognize theatrical releases because Raya and the Last Dragon is coming out on March the 5th. They are releasing it in theaters. On the same day, they are releasing it on Disney+. Plus. As a premium add-on. So it'll be the same thing where you pay you $30 for it, just like you did for Mulan. This is what Disney said they were never going to do. And here they are doing it. So I'm sort of hot and cold on this. Right, because now they're doing it a second time. I mean, here's the thing. I appreciate that they acknowledge that by March, people are still not going to feel comfortable. So I can certainly appreciate that they're giving everyone an option. And and not only with your own personal comfort level, there are certain places. I mean, we're in New York and our movie theaters and gyms were some of the last in the country to open. Yeah. So if it's a situation where there's another shutdown, 
people may not be able to access this movie in a theater. So I appreciate that there's an option. Do I think that they should be hitting us over the head for $30 for it? No. Even though if you look at it as a family of four, $30 is a lot less than taking your kids to the theater. But, you know, looking at it as the childless millennials that we are, I'm not going to pay $30 so that the both of us can watch it. Not when we're eventually going to get it. I'll go I'll go see it in a movie theater as long as we can. Yeah. And and that's I mean, and go enjoy the experience, right? And that's you know the bigger point too is that support theaters and and save the industry. Because I'm telling you right now, I know Disney said that they were going to still do the theatrical releases and it was an integral part and all that. I think when this pandemic is over, I don't think magically they're going to stop with the premium content, video to streaming, uh, direct to streaming, DTC, direct to consumer. I think that this is going to continue. Well, I mean, after all of these lovely announcements were made, they spent a good hour going over what it really means, and that's the numbers and the bottom line and the fact that Disney Plus did better than anybody expected. Yeah. So if if that's what's working, they're probably not going to stop. You're right. Yes, and that's why you get the $1 uh, hike by June but 86.8 million subscribers. They had projected 90 million by 2024. So they're four years ahead of schedule. That, I mean, but but is that due to the pandemic? You know, does it have to do with more people being home? I don't know. Or is it just on their content, you know? I, I, think, it's, I think it's a little of both. I think certainly the pandemic helped because people were binging and they were streaming more. But, I mean, Disney knocked it out of the park with their day one subscribers alone. I I think they would have, maybe not had gotten to 86.8, but would they have gotten to 75 by today? I bet you they would have gotten to 75. I think they would have exceeded expectations for it, sure. Yeah. Uh, coming out in the fall, we have the 60th animated classic, Encanto. Um, it's a film that takes place in Colombia. It's about magic. That's Music all by Lin Manuel Miranda, and that's what we know about it. I mean, look. Um, I thought Lin Manuel Miranda's music in uh, Moana was not that great. Um, but I did like Hamilton when they put it on Disney Plus. Um, yeah. I, listen. I'm going to see it, right? I'm going to see it. That's that's the end up here. I'm going to see it. Um, but I certainly hope it's good. I think that if they animate it similarly to the way they animated Coco, I think it's going to be a very, very beautiful film. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'm all about it. Um, we have a few other things here that don't have release dates. Pinocchio with Robert Zemeckis and Tom Hanks. I, I mean... But what else do you want me to tell you? Uh, Sign me up. I'm speechless. Yeah. Sign me up. I What I will say, I am very happy that this is actually happening because I had started to see this gain a little bit of traction and, and then, you know, the fans pick it up and everybody's pushing for Hanks to be Geppetto. Um, but that was back in February before the shutdown. So I wasn't sure how much truth there was to it if it was just an internet rumor or if it was something that 
was about to go to production and then they stopped. Um, you know, at the time, I wasn't comfortable enough to to do our news of the week and say, Tom Hanks is playing Geppetto. Uh, you know, it hadn't it hadn't gained that much fact yet. So I am happy to see it come to fruition. Right. Peter Pan and Wendy, same thing. We had some casting news, but that's going to production as well. Um, that's another live action. Um, apparently, it's another interpretation of the story of Peter Pan. We know Jude Law is going to play Captain Hook. That I'm cool with. Um, and we had said on the show a couple of weeks ago, Yara Sh- Shahidi was cast as Tinkerbell. And I think she's going to be great. Yes. Um, then it leads us to their confirmation that we do have The Little Mermaid live action. It is going into production. Melissa McCarthy is in the movie. I, I guess that does confirm that she's playing Ursula. You have the original music plus new music from Lin-Manuel Miranda and Alan Menken. Um, I think that's exciting news. I have I, the music. a lot of thoughts on all of this. Um, I'm glad that we finally have the cast locked because they dragged that out for a very, very long time. Um, we did our first episode of The Little Mermaid and we had our cast picks and Melissa McCarthy is not even close to who we suggested and I love her I really do but I love her in comedy I I don't know that she's going to be able to sing Poor Unfortunate Souls the way that it needs to be done and I'm, I'm hoping you know what surprise me what's the worst that can happen um, but we had when we listed our picks Lady Gaga was among them uh, you had suggested and I I think this is the best idea is Sarah Ramirez from Grey's Anatomy because we know she can sing um you I would have loved to see that you said Queen Latifah but they and, used Queen her Latifah. they used her on the ABC special that is not a reflection of Queen Latifah though I know that whole thing was a disaster and but look John Stamos bounced back from it I'm sure Queen Latifah could too um so I'm not too jazzed about Ursula I am jazzed about David Diggs as Sebastian I think that is perfect casting um javier bardem is king triton i hated him in pirates of the caribbean it wasn't good so i'm hoping he redeems himself here although i i just don't see it uh jacob tremblay as flounder i think that was smart to go with a younger kid as flounder um and aquafina as scuttle which I think is cool. I'm all about the gender swap. I'm not the biggest Aquafina fan, but I can get down with this. No, I prefer Poland Spring. Um, and then as for the music, I'm kind of still back and forth on that too because I love the Hamilton music, but I really don't like Moana. And I kind of feel like you should just let Alan Menken do his thing on this one. I also think that the music is so iconic and they hold Howard Ashman in such high regard that I don't know why they're even adding more music. It's one thing if they wanted to add something from the Broadway show that maybe got cut from the original film, but I don't know why you're writing new music for it. Right, because you already have the female lead, so it's not going to be like Aladdin where they gave Jasmine a song. Um the only other thing that I could think of, and again, then it's just like, leave it with Alan Menken. If Howard Ashman had more music, if he had 
more lyrics if it's one of his songs that we can see brought to life, then okay. Or, you know, if it was a situation like Proud of Your Boy, which got cut from Aladdin, but then they later used it in, in, in the Broadway the show, yeah. show, I could live with that. But I don't know that we just need a brand new song for the sake of what? Stretching it out and making it a little bit longer? Yeah. Or are you changing something? I don't think they're going to change anything. I think these are all add-ons. Necessary Maybe Eric gets a song... Fine. He doesn't need one. Well, he d- actually, he really doesn't have a lot of speaking lines, so kind of does. Okay. I think as, other than Enchanted, other than Enchanted, I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most is the Rescue Rangers movie that Disney Plus is getting. This was a surprise. There had been talks of a rebooted Rescue Rangers television show. However, we're getting a movie with Andy Samberg and John Bleepin' Mulaney. And I I literally screamed in the living room when they announced this cast. I I am so excited. I don't have the words for this one. I, I'm going to save it because this is going to be high on my list. This is going to be high on my list. Yeah. Um... We also have some other shows that got announced, some more series. These are all coming out in 2022. Baymax is getting a series, which they had teased prior to the launch of Disney+, Plus, but we're finally getting it. You're getting Zootopia+, Plus, which I'm excited about because I loved Zootopia, but I love the world that they created, and I'm excited to see more of them. There's so much you could do. Like, even with Wreck-It Ralph, I think I'd rather see a series with that than than another film just because there's so many games there's so many worlds you can be in but zootopia is even better for that yeah we're getting a moana show great <laughs> um and we get awaju which is a show um that it's african uh animators telling african stories they partnered with disney the poster, or the screen grab that they showed is stunning. It kind of has a Wakanda look to it. Yeah. I'm really intrigued as to what this is going to be. No, and this is where it's like, I know that some of these things aren't developed all the way yet, but that's one of those things where you see the tease and it's like, I want more and I don't want to have to wait. Yes. Same thing with Tiana. Tiana is getting a show they said we're going to explore more of New Orleans. We're going to explore more That's of this awesome. character. This I'm very excited for. What I'm intrigued with, though, is will they do a hand-drawn or is it going to be a CGI show? I really hope that it's a hand-drawn show. I want it consistent with the movie. I agree, but that is a lot of pressure to put on a series. They used to do it every Saturday morning for 20 years. I know. It's just, it's a lot of work. I don't care. Do it. (laughs) Do it. No, but you know what's smart about this too is that, I mean, you just said it, it's New Orleans. So it's a physical place that we can relate to. You know, it's not Arendelle. It's it's not under the sea. It's not Andalasia. It's someplace that we know. So there really is a lot that you can do with that. Speaking of things you can do a lot with, we save the biggest for last. I think we did save the best for last. This is when I gave up on social media. Marvel. 
Here's what I was really happy about, too, when it came to Kevin Feige talking about Marvel. Throughout this entire presentation, there were certain things that you could see, and other times they cut away from the presentation and put down a countdown screen with music and like trivia questions. For the people who spend a lot of money. We own Disney stock. I was under the impression that we as stockholders were going to get an email link so that we didn't get blacked out of anything. We didn't. So you must have to own a lot of Disney stock to get that link. I mean, we own some, but not into the thousands of shares. We're into the dozens of shares. Put it you this way. We own some shares, but we stay at the Pop Century when we go visit the parks. Put, put, just to put it in perspective. You got to be at like one of the monorail hotels to see what they were showing. Minimum. But with Marvel, they didn't blank anything out. And that was so exciting. We got a WandaVision trailer. Which we have. But we didn't but get they, this one. No, they gave us a new trailer. January 15th, this is coming out. Um, this, I can't wait. This was the, I think this was the best trailer of the day. Everything that they have put out for WandaVision has been amazing. I, I just love the concept. I love the laugh tracks in the trailer. I love that it looks like I Love Lucy. I, I am so intrigued. And I was not a Wanda fan at all. You were not interested in this show at all. Not in the show. I didn't like her character in any of the films. I, I was like, where did she come from? I don't get her purpose. Uh, but I'm all about this. It looks great. So does Falcon and the Winter Soldier. March 19th. This was another great trailer. I'm so glad they didn't cut away from it. This is the trailer I think most people were sitting here waiting for. Because unlike WandaVision, we had at least had a teaser for that. We had nothing, nothing from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. No, and you know that it's pretty far along because that wasn't something that got pushed back. The release was pushed back, but production was not. Yes. May 2021, Loki. Yes. First off, got a trailer, looks great. I love the concept of this show. The whole thing is brilliant. It's it's going to be like a crime series. But as I understand it where they're picking it up and and it's so you could kick yourself for not even realizing in Loki's last scene in Avengers when they're jumping through time and they have to go get the Tesseract when when Captain America yeah. beats himself up. Yes. Loki escapes. Right, and you don't know where he and goes. And then 50 other things happen, and you don't even remember. So I think this is brilliant that this is where they're going to fill in the timeline. It's so perfect. Summer 20... And uh, Owen Wilson is in that, too. Yeah. He looks great. He finally... He cut the Wedding Crashers' hair, and uh, I said he looked like Gary Ullman, but he, he looks amazing. Yes. We get What If... In summer 2021, this we knew was coming. Um, this is the animated show where they say, what if Captain America, what if, what if Steve Rogers doesn't become Captain America? What if this happens? What if that happens? And they basically replay and reanimate scenes and films, but with different characters. I'm intrigued. You piqued my interest. It, it's a fun concept. 
I kind of feel I I mean I love the animation. Um it looks like a scanner darkly, so I'm all about that. Um I also love that they're bringing back the actors to voice these characters. Most of them are going to be the same actors. So I think that that's pretty cool, but with all of that said, I think it absolutely panders to the fans. Definitely. And then they brought back Michael Rooker and I was like, "Oh my god, it is perfect." So, pander away. Late 2021, you get Miss Marvel. This is not a character that I know an awful lot about, um, but a lot of people are excited for it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, sure, sign me up. I mean, listen, Marvel, for the most part, has not struck out on anything that they've done, so you could just sign me up and I'm in. No, and what I really appreciate, too, is that Marvel is diversifying so much. So I think this is going to be really cool to see what these actors bring to the table, what kind of stories they're going to do from here, because Marvel is such a universal thing. So good on them. Yes. Thor Love and Thunder is finally going into production. All of the original cast is back. Plus, we are getting Christian Bale. So excited. Amazing. We got Batman and Marvel. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, they're back. Quantum Mania. I kind of love that they're going with these really like 80s titles. I, that had to have been something that Paul Rudd thought up. Can't you hear him saying Quantum Mania? Yeah. Then you've got a few other uh, shows that are coming to Disney+. Plus. You have the She-Hulk shows coming to Disney+. Plus. Mark Ruffalo is going to make an appearance in that. Uh, you've got Moon Knight. I don't know much about Moon Knight or even The Secret Invasion, but my understanding, based on what Kevin Feige said, this is like the second biggest thing that happens in the MCU other than Infinity War and Endgame. I'm kind of surprised that they didn't save this for another another film series. But, but, but if you got to build it up that much, it's probably impossible to do it because I don't think a lot of these actors are going to be willing to or even could do these superhero movies 10 years from now and the amount of time it's going to take you to build up to this. Right. But I think the other thing, too, is that that's why I kind of feel like they're announcing these now because eventually, you know, before D twenty the next D twenty three, which is gonna be in twenty twenty two, a lot of these films are gonna have trailers next year. So you had to make the big announcement somewhere. May as well be today. Right. Movies and series. You know, Iron Heart and Armor Wars, these are both in the Iron Man uh realm. Iron Wars, they're bringing back or Armor Wars, I should say, they're bringing back Don Cheadle. Very exciting. Very exciting. A show about what happens when Tony Stark's technology gets into the wrong hands all about it all about it i am groot you are getting a series of groot animated shorts perfect sure baby groot i love it hawkeye you get the hawkeye show is finally going to come to disney plus that's going into production jeremy renner is back that i think is exciting because hawkeye is a character that as the as the avengers series got played out more and more he became a character that I didn't care for in the first movie was a character that I was heartbroken for and so happy for at the same time when we got to the end of Avengers Endgame. So I love that his story is going to get expanded. Same. I, I didn't get the whole Hawkeye thing, but by the time we got to Endgame, I was fully invested. We got Captain Marvel too. 
That's going into production. Miss Marvel will be in that film. They announced that we are going to get another Fantastic Four movie. For some reason, this just seems to be the one that that they can't get right. What I'm really surprised about, and we've been trying to to pick up the scent of this trail for so long, I'm surprised they didn't give this one to Kevin Smith because he's such a comic book fan. We know he knows his material. We know he worships Stan Lee. And I kind of feel like if they were going to give it another chance, why not let him handle it? Because we know he's supposed to do something with Disney. Um, Maybe it got pushed, but they didn't announce that he was doing anything. And that's what I was really hoping for today. Yeah, I thought that we were certainly going to hear something about him. Especially Um, because Favreau's tied up. Taika Waititi, between Thor and then he's jumping over to to take over Star Wars, he's all tied up. So you need somebody who knows this universe. James Gunn's tied up. Not only are we getting Guardians Volume 3, we are getting Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special. Here for it. This... I fell out of my chair (laughs) out of shock and pure excitement when they announced this. And I believe they're going to film it in conjunction with the third one. They are. That's awesome. I mean, you have the actors, you may as well do it, but I don't care how hokey it is. I don't care how cheesy it is. I hope the soundtrack is awesome and I'm sure it will be. And I think the news that surprises nobody, but, was good to get confirmation on. I'm not going to say good because it's so still so incredibly sad. Um, Kevin Feige confirmed that Black Panther 2 is being written. It is going into production shortly. But it will not be recast. And that is the right thing to do. Absolutely. I'm still hoping that it's going to be Shuri. And I think that there's still a very good chance for that, being that they're rewriting it. Um... But I'm just, I'm so happy that they're doing right by Chadwick Boseman. And the fans. I think too many people would have been up in arms about it. Agreed. All right, so let's go through the list here. Starting with Nat Geo. What here are you the most excited for? None of those, but I can't talk about what I'm excited for. We'll just leave it at that before I get myself fired. Okay, but of the things that are listed here. Will Smith. Will Smith. So you're going with Welcome to Earth. I'm going to say America the Beautiful because I just love the Soren vibes I got out of the trailer. All right. You are a big Soren fan. Jumping to Pixar. What are you excited for? I'm saying Lightyear because I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued with Lightyear. I'm very intrigued with Win or Lose. I love that they're doing a whole series based off of a meeting that they had and something that they do in their day-to-day And that's where it just goes to show you how time and time again, Pixar has the most brilliant storytellers. But yeah, I love Buzz Lightyear. I'm most excited for that. And and I hope that we get a little bit of redemption on Toy Story 4. Jumping over to Star Wars. Oh God, there's so much. We're going to say Star Wars slash Lucasfilm. There's a lot, like a lot, a lot. I'm excited for Indy 5. I'm excited for Andor and for Lando, but I can only pick one. So they didn't... 
to my knowledge. Now, it's possible that I missed it because I was feverishly typing, but I never heard the name Donald Glover. I would imagine he is going to get cast in it. I think you kind of have to, no? But without that confirmation and knowing what I do know for certain, I'm going to say Andor because I loved Rogue One that much. It's a toss-up for me between Ahsoka and Andor, but I think, uh, same, I love Rogue One. Okay. So jumping over to Disney, Disney Studios. It's Rescue Rangers. It's not even close. I thought I would be the most excited for Enchanted. It's, it's what I've been pounding the table for the most. But Rescue Rangers is, is the top of my list. I think Pinocchio is going to be great. I'm definitely more excited about Mighty Ducks than you. I'm certainly excited, especially for the casting for Rescue Rangers. It should be Little Mermaid, but it's actually Hocus Pocus that I am most excited for. Marvel. This is where it gets really dicey. Um, Because there's just so much here. See, not for me, Loki. I'm leaning that way myself because while I think the WandaVision trailer was the best one we got and while I'm intrigued to see what we can do with Fantastic Four, I just love Loki that much. I've loved Loki since day one. I'm so glad that we're getting not just more of him, but that he's getting his own show. And I think the genre that they're putting it in, instead of making it because he's not a superhero, he's a supervillain. But I, I think the crime spin is so brilliant. So, of all of the things that you picked, of the oh, things you no. narrowed down <laughs> from, from your, your one favorite from each category, oh. what is the number one thing on your list? Okay, well, this proves how much I love Loki because that's my number one over Hocus Pocus. As I'm looking down the list here, Loki is right there. I, oh, but Lightyear. Uh, no. No, I'm not going to change my answer. Go with my gut. Until today, I would have said Loki. But I'm... As the kids say, I'm shook. <laughs> I am shook with Rescue, Rescue Rangers. Rangers. I can't stop thinking of Rescue Rangers. It's uh, because Mulaney puts it over the top. We've been John Mulaney fans for so long. I haven't even mentioned that Seth Rogen's in it, too. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, I might have to change everything now. No. See, this is what happens when I don't have... A list in front of me and no show prep. This is we this literally is just this is real emotion. We really just turned the mics on and and started going. Um, no, I'm I'm gonna stick with my answer. Okay, you're going with Loki and I'm going with Rescue Rangers. But we want to know what you guys have to say. What are you the most excited about? What got you the most shook? I'm, and I this, I probably never use that phrase again. Um, what what got you the most excited coming out of Disney Investor Day? I, I 
Well, no, I should say I'm most excited about my stock prices because <laughs> after hours, they're up six bucks. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but let us know on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Monorail Radio. You can also email us, monorailradio at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this very special surprise episode. It's a surprise for us, too. Um, we're going to go watch uh, Swiss Family Robinson. We didn't even talk about Swiss Family Robinson. That's going. That They're, they're rebooting oh, that, snap. too. Sorry. <laughs> they're rebooting that, too. I meant to tell you before we turned the mic on. I was like, I didn't get that on that list. You know what? Hold that. Because we, by chance, we are discussing Swiss Family Robinson on, on the show coming up next week. Well, it's so the 60th anniversary. So That's why we're doing yeah, it. Yeah, but let's put a, all right, so let's put a pin in it. Let's then. find more about it. More. Yeah, let's find out more about what's going on. But I think we can tag that onto our conversation about Swiss Family Robinson. Okay, but we're getting it. We're getting it. Um. And we're going to go watch Swiss Family Robinson now and go lose and do some actual sleep. show prep. And do actual show prep. Uh, but thank you guys so much. Don't forget, uh, check out monorealradio.com. Links to all the social media, links to uh, the, the show and all the places you can find us. I mean, we're on your podcast platform of choice. I'm not going to go over all of them. It'll take too much time. But make sure to like, subscribe, rate, and share the show. Uh, thank you again. Thank you so much. Uh, and thank you to the people at Disney for putting this on. I mean, this was, this was some really good news today. Um, in a year where we haven't had a lot of good news. So I was really happy to get through all of this and, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week for Jackie. I'm Sean. Have a great week, everyone. On behalf of Monoreal Radio, we'd like to thank you for joining us. We'll see you at the movies. The stuff dreams are made of.